The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Are You Afraid? Double Feature, Part 2, Death Valley, brought to you by KHS News from the West, a PapiChulaRadio.com original series, Papichula Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Thursday, October 14th, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on FX's American Horror Story, Double Feature. Please welcome my co-hosts, Vinny Hatcher. Hey guys, I am so excited to talk about the new movie, Junior... I I mean, American Horror Story. And I'm curious about this movie. Madison Fitzpatrick. Hey guys, welcome back. Odina Gonzalez. Hi everybody. And Priscilla Rocha. Y'all love my fudge. Hey everybody. So I, I was referencing the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he gets pregnant. Oh, okay. Oh, that's so good. But wait, Priscilla, that was spectacular. I was not expecting that from you. I was Priscilla not expecting wins. that line. You have won the, you. the the podcasting multiverse for the night. <laughs> Loved it. All right, everyone. Let's jump into our recap of Season 10, Episode 9 which was titled Blue Moon and aired October 13th, 2021. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. An unexpected visitor arrives at the White House and reveals the details of the horrific plan. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, was it really that horrific? Well, I guess it was. So let's talk about this. We're going to do as we've been doing the past couple weeks. We're going to talk all about the black and white 1950s, 1960s. First, a lot actually happened in during that section of the episode. We flash back like immediately after Eisenhower, you know, was told that he's going to have to make this deal. Mamie is still uh, inhabited by the aliens, possessed, whatever you want to call it. Eisenhower is forced to sign the deal, because I guess aliens like, you know, a, a written document, you know, detailing the terms of the deal. Terms and conditions, y'all. Um, Mamie was saved she decides that adults should be able to throw birthday parties and adults should be able to dress up in costumes for Halloween. So we get our Halloween reference during this section of Double Feature. For those out there following at home, American Horror Story, they love to have an episode that features Halloween in some version. And so we got that in Red Tide. We got that here on Death 
Valley. Hmm, what else happened? We were introduced to uh, a liaison between the aliens and the humans, a sort of cybernetic dude named Valiant Thor, played by AHS favorite Cody Fern. Um, Mamie takes a liking to Thor and uses him as like a human vibrator, a.k.a. she has sex with him, in the Eisenhower marital bed. I'm just saying. What else ends up happening in the past? Well, remember Marilyn Monroe? She ended up speaking with JFK about aliens. She started running her mouth at a movie set. She gets fired. Uh, Nixon finds out. Eisenhower finds out. They end up getting her murked. JFK finds out about the murkation of the situation. <laughs> and uh, completely understands that Nixon is behind it. We also meet a new president, LBJ, who gets introduced to the whole alien shenanigans. Uh, I should also mention that initially Valiant Thor and the aliens were doing the human testing and uh, the um, half-human, half-alien reproduction stuff at the, the basement, or not the basement, but the lower, 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 lower levels of the White House. Uh, Eisenhower was like, we can't have this, so this is how Area 51 was created. And we also do see Valiant Thor arriving with some technology that is being provided to the government based off of the deal that was made. I feel like that was everything that happened, sort of bullet points-y type of style. So let's talk about it, everybody. Vinny, you were not here last week, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on everything that was black and white in this episode. <laughs> oh, I wanted my initial observation to be turned around, but I'm just going to come out and say it. I hate this arc. I despise it. I really, I, I just, I don't know how much more, like, cliche connections to pop culture things they're going to reference the Marilyn Monroe was overkill. The lady playing Marilyn Monroe was absolutely horrible. Um, I, you know, I, after the first week, I was kind of like, all right, I don't like this, but I'm going to go in the next week because maybe it'll be better. Didn't really care for last week's. And this week, it's just, there's a, there's a trend continuing that this season is trying so hard to tell two different stories. But the second story, it just really feels like it was given the short end of the stick. The jumping between the future and the past, at least they're doing it segmented. It's not like flashing back and forth constantly. I'll give it that. But I, I don't have really any connections to these characters. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit more tolerant of the people in the present. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But it's just so hokey. And I feel like they're just cramming in so many connections to things like Area 51, the moon landing, Marilyn Monroe. I, I kind of walked away from this episode feeling like I, I, it's almost like I was watching a riff tracks or an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000, but they forgot to play the commentary. Um, the acting is OK, um, but I, I just don't walk away from this feeling like it's American Horror Story for me. I mean, I, I appreciate they're trying to do something different, but it all feels very crammed, rather rushed. It's a little messy and all over the place. And I'm honestly kind of getting annoyed at like the hokey 
like in the first episode opening with like the kooky alien theme was cool but now i really do feel like i'm also watching like a, a ripoff of mars attacks with all the hokey alien music playing in the background almost on a constant basis um i find uh sarah paulson's character to be rather annoying um eisenhower i i do like i actually think neil mcdonough is doing a good job portraying him being a newcomer to the franchise, I, I feel like I wish he would have given, been given a better role uh, in a more fleshed out season. But yeah, overall, I'm I'm not I'm not happy with it. I, I'm not really enjoying it that much. Um, I think that this definitely would have been served better if it had been able to be a full season and we got more time with the characters, more time for the story. But there's so much going on and so much being crammed while at the same time we're already at the finale. And I still I really don't understand why this season exists um i I just don't see like in in red tide there was very clear driving narrative this one just feels like a bunch of writers got really high one night and was like wouldn't it be cool if like some guy that was a bro house got pregnant with a bunch of other people and then it was connected somehow to area 51 and marilyn monroe and then the baby has tentacles and people's heads explode and then they levitate it's just all over the place, and yeah, I I hold little hope that next week my opinion will be different. That's interesting, because I have almost the complete opposite opinion <laughs> of what you gave. Although I will say they are kind of throwing everything in, in the kitchen sink in regards to every single alien trope possible, but I really like the 1950s section. A lot. Uh, 50s, 60s, because we have a little bit of both. Uh, I'm much more invested in this, even though I feel like I know exactly where we're going. <laughs> Just because I think it's stupid that we're seeing the president and we're clearly seeing the ramifications of this deal. So it's like, okay, they're they're kidnapping, pe- kidnapping people, they're abducting people, and they're implanting them with alien-human hybrids and all the splicing DNA and all that kind of stuff. And, and so it, it leads to, like, the reveals, and I'm using reveals in air quotes, that they're supposedly giving us every week there's a new what, 50s, 60s section. You know, it, it's completely, you know, it's ruining the reveals because we already know what is happening in the present day. Um, Neil McDonough is fantastic. I'm loving Sarah Paulson as Mamie. I think she is incredibly mysterious. Like, she keeps on giving all these strange looks, and I don't think it's just Sarah Paulson mugging for the camera. I feel like we have to get some sort of payoff with it. There was a moment where she and Eisenhower were getting into it, and, like, the scene ends, and we get sort of, like, a close-up to Mamie, and she does this weird look, and she's done this look before. So there has to be a payoff for that. We also thought sirens were going to happen last season. We thought that was going to be the payoff, <laughs> and it didn't happen. So maybe there won't be any payoff. But I feel like because Sarah Paulson's involved in this, it isn't just an acting choice. There kind of has to be a payoff. I mean, she was fucking a damn robot in this episode. <laughs> I mean, get it. I will it. say that if they did away with the constant kooky alien music that made it really corny and they didn't do the present and this was all back in black and white, I'd, I would probably be more here for it. It is jarring for me to jump from like a majority. It feels like a majority of the episodes are in the past now. And then the, the present is a little bit more shoehorned. It wasn't as imbalanced this episode, but I feel like jumping to the present is kind of taking away from 
the past, but I, I will give you that. I feel like despite the music, the past have ha, does have more substance than the current, the, the present timeline. And not to, to just completely disagree with everything you're saying, Vinny, but <laughs> I love the music. I love the theremin. I mean, it is incredibly period specific for alien sci-fi even some horror productions of that era to have the theremin in the background and i i kind of love it it's it gives it sort of like it's kitschy it's it's a little period centric quirk that i'm here for like it it just makes sense to me so for me i'm perfectly cool with it all right my co-hosts we clearly have two very different sides of a coin <laughs> with Vinny and myself. I'm not saying y'all have to agree with one of us, but I, I'm curious, though, where the rest of you stand. We're right now talking about the 1950s, 60s section of this Death Valley episode. Uh, Maddie Fitz, talk to me about it. What did you like? What didn't you like? Well, there's not much that I did like. Unfortunately, I'm going to take more of Vinny's side on this, but um, I do really like, is his name Neil McDonough? Is that what his yeah. name is? That's his real life name, yes. Yes. You've been giving the MVP to the president every week. <laughs> I know, I know. So I do really, really like him uh, in just the way that he's portraying the president and, you know, like I said last episode, just how he is like the only one with his head on straight and kind of being realistic about everything. Um, but I, I hate Mamie. Oh my, my goodness. Like twinsies. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I will she's... say this. Her and I were talking on the phone last night and she hates you too. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. I actually messaged, I messaged Madison as I was watching, and I'm like, please tell me I'm not the only one that is having trouble with this. And then later, five minutes later, I was like, oh, my God, ew, Mamie's having sex. She's having sex with a robot. <laughs> yeah. So speaking about our good friend Cody Fern, first, that whole scene where he comes in and he shows that he's a robot. I was like, really, guys? Like, this is the only type of CG that you're going to do? Like... I felt like they could have done it so much better to show that he was a robot instead of just lifting up like a toupee type thing that looked extremely fake. You did not call that a toupee. I love that. And it was just, it was just so dumb in my opinion. And, um, but so even, you know, the whole, basically what we got out of this episode was Cody Fern and the creation of area 51. And for me, this whole episode, this, you know, the flashback part, it's kind of so dragged out to me, it seems. We're still really debating about, you know, this this agreement. And yeah, okay, he signs it because his wife almost dies. But like, still, it we're still dragging on the, oh, should we have done this? Should we not have done this thing? Um, the whole Marilyn Monroe part was god-awful. Um And yeah, just the fact that, like, Mimi had sex with Cody Fern, I mean, like, that was just so dumb. Like, like, who does that? I, I feel like she's just got, like, she's totally not, like, a president's wife. Like, she's her own person now. She doesn't care about anything. I just, 
I don't know. It's just, it's so strange to me. Obviously, like, there's probably more to the story, hopefully, (laughs) that we're going to see in the next episode that maybe she's in on everything or she is an alien herself. Who knows? But I just, I just, I feel like it's not, there's not, there's no progression in this at all. At all. Like, it's not telling me anything new, anything valuable. And because we see it in the second part of the episode, like we we know that this is still going on. So it's kind of like what else like what is there you can give us that we don't already know that we can't already guess? You know what I mean? Like, what's the point? Either do it all in the past or do it all in the future. Like, I I don't get it. I don't get it. But we did get an answer, Maddie. It's the fudge. Right, she's got that fudge. good fudge. <laughs> that good fudge. I'm just saying. Um, I will say that I don't really like the besmirching of Mamie Eisenhower. Like, I don't feel like... I don't really know much about Mamie Eisenhower. Like, I don't feel like historically I've heard bad things about her. But the fact no. that they're making her kind of villainous... In my opinion, just based off of Sarah Paulson, maybe it's just Sarah Paulson, so I'm projecting that I think she's going to be villainous. But, like, the close-ups and the weird smirks and the weird looks and the fact that she fucked a robot, um, you know, maybe she just wants to have parties, y'all. I mean, she wants to have adult birthday parties and she wants to dress up for Halloween. Maybe that's really what this is all for. But, yeah, so... I don't know if they're really besmirching her, but I feel like they might kind of sort of be with this storyline. Yeah, they are. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I kind of, I mean, I don't know much about her either, but what little bit I do know was... She's like harmless. Yeah, she she was like really good. She was into parties and always looked really nice. And I, I will say that looking at the the picture of her, I'm like, I don't ever want to see her having sex at all, even with a robot. Even with uh, a robot? Oh. Even with a robot. But no, it's... I will say, too, that, like, are any of us going to be surprised when we find out that she's involved? I mean, I, I, li- I like what you said about, like, the looks here and the looks there, but it's so blatantly obvious that they're setting her up for something. I'll only su- be surprised if nothing comes of that. Well, there's that. Okay. So, uh, everyone strap in and buckle up because it's Odina's turn. <laughs> Uh, historically, Mamie Eisenhower was a hoe. Um, <gasps> I don't know. Okay. Uh, that, is that what they teach in Canada? Dang. I just love how, as you said that, I'm reading her Wikipedia where it says she would give tours around the White House in her wheelchair so people Ooh. could see the place. How dare you? It's because uh, she's hurt from riding the robots. Right? Dressed, okay. Um... I mean, hey, I'm going to kind of, like, I'm 70-40 on this, 70 being I did not like the black and white stuff. I just, I agree with everybody. It's too dragged out a lot of the time where you could have just synthesized that and gotten straight to the point. Because we really, like Maddie said, only got one piece of actual, like, story here, which is that Area 51 was created, and honestly, even when they said the Area 51 thing, I howled, because it was just this cheesy, like, conspiracy, Mm -hmm. like, pop culture throw-in, and then, like, 
my mind automatically went to like all those memes when people were trying to storm area 51. So like, I don't know. I don't think it has the effect that they were like aiming for, or maybe they are aiming for like a meme type thing. I don't know. Um, I do like whatever his name that plays the president. I don't mind Mamie. Um, she can be annoying at times, but I think it's just the character. And I think as everyone said, the character is to serve like that little purpose of being this villainous bitch. Also, are we like, does she still have the alien inside her? Like, is that what's influencing her? Um, She's got all that fudge inside her. <laughs> literally, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When that scene popped up on screen and you just hear her moaning and shit, I'm like, this sounds like the most vanilla ass fucking sex. This guy's a robot and he's just laying down like a starfish. Like I was like, okay, over that. Um, and then, yeah, whatever Thor for like, I just, I'm sorry. I can't get over the like cheesiness of it all. There's this robot thing, but like he, what is he part X-Men? He was like levitating people and all this stuff. Is that supposed to be like part of his technology? Like we don't even know about him or his backstory, why he's even there besides his supposed claim that he's like this middleman dignitary type person. But it, I don't know. I just feel like, it needs to be flushed out more. They really did handicap, or I don't know if that's appropriate. I'm sorry if that was ableist, but they really did kind of, like, tie the writer's hands behind their back and, like, told them to write with their mouth. Because it's like you guys have four episodes to do this, and it's just so rushed. Half of it doesn't make sense. The time that you do have, you're wasting it on stupid, cheesy stuff. Even though I do like the music, on a personal level, I do think it's just, it does take away from the story. If it wasn't for the acting, I think, like, this black and white portion would just be, like, completely thrown away. Like, we're not learning anything super new. At first, I liked it a little bit more, especially in the first episode with that opening scene. I thought that was cool. If they did more stuff like that... I would be more invested, at least just on an entertainment level. But they're not doing anything, really. Like, the Maryland stuff, useless. No one cares. Like, she didn't... JFK cared. Well, (laughs) JFK's also, like, his own homewrecker, so... Whatever. But, yeah, I just... It felt kind of useless, and I preferred the present-day stuff more. Um, And we didn't really gain any actual new information, so... That's my takeaway. Okay. Well, what did you think of the fudge? The fudge, like I said, was probably the most basic tasting ass motherfucking fudge because you're just saying she wasn't even moving on top of him. Like, don't don't even get me started on this because I'm not a sexologist, but I just know that it was vanilla. Oh. Funny point. When he was hearing things to the vet, I thought they were torturing a dog. <laughs> But no, I, I forgot one really valid part that actually it graded my nerves. And this happens a lot in mainstream media and only because I live in that state. And when I moved here, it was done to me. They said Nevada. And every time they were referencing it, they were saying Nevada, Nevada. And I'm sitting here like it's motherfucking Nevada. <laughs> yeah. The people there are very persnickety. <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, I, Adina, that was like, I, you need to just write the backs of movies and do reviews because I, I, I am totally here for your, your criticisms. 
<laughs> it's just the most unprofessional criticism. Yeah. But it's just like there was no point to any of it. Like it's entertaining on the level that, like I said, the actors are cool. They do a really good job. And I do just like the simple cinematography of it, having it in black and white and all this other stuff, because it fits like this whole trope of alien movies, etc. But I also just think that, like, do it within moderation. Like, who's snorting a line and writing this shit? That's what I want to know. Right. There you go. That is from Amateur Sexologist Odina. Okay. All right. Okay. Here's one thing that I'm going to say, and I was going to say this to, to say it in the next episode because it's the, it's the last one of the season and the last one of this arc. And I feel like this is going to be a theme for the next podcast that we do, so I might as well just start saying it now. I hope they never do a double feature again in their life because they clearly do not fully understand how to properly express two stories within the span of ten episodes. And technically, they're expressing three stories because it's like two stories here on Death Valley, and it was the one story of Red Tide. So, um, you know, whether it's a good or a bad season... It properly express it over the course of about 10 episodes versus I, trying to tell more than one story in 10 episodes. I say this to your point, Jeff. Whoever pitched the double feature is fired at this point in time. Yes, because it's a good idea in theory. And if you were to execute it well, it could have been spectacular. But it feels like we're getting... You know, it's almost like American Horror Stories, in which there were some really great episodes and there were some clunkers as well. But it, it almost feels like this could have been an American Horror Stories thing versus American Horror Story proper, where we expect a fully conveyed story. Whether we like the theme or not, I mean, that's a whole different question. But uh, at least properly express what you want to express. What's really funny is I was reading, I actually, after this episode, I did a Google search and I literally did AHS double feature stupid. And one of the articles that came up was talking about Ryan Murphy getting into Twitter wars with people. And one person tweeted how they love the premiere episode of Red Tide. They say, oh my God, this season is going to be the best. And he replied, he's like, thanks so much. I've been working on this for since 2019. And I wanted to be like, dude, I wouldn't advertise that. Ain't that the truth? Ryan Murphy is currently in a room, a soundproof room, screaming because this is <laughs> like <laughs> the fifth fucking season I've hated. So he is somewhere crying. Wait, one more question, Priscilla. I'm not trying to stop you from going, but I'm just curious if anyone else had the same reaction I did. When they did the introduction of Lyndon Johnson to Area 51, did anyone else get disappointed when it was just the room with babies again? Because I expected something different. Like, I expected them to have escalated from just babies and tanks, but it was babies and tanks all over again, and it was kind of the same reaction, and it was kind of a letdown for me. I think you're asking that to Odina, because Priscilla has not weighed in yet, but she will in a moment. <laughs> yes, sorry. Hold on to that, Priscilla, go. I'm sorry. Yeah, go, Priscilla. Well, no, no, Odina, give your take, and then, because I have a whole question for Priscilla. Personally, I was just kind of, like... I don't have expectations like this, like this whole entire season, you know what it's giving nothing. So my expectations are on the floor at this point. Well, there's that. Oh. All right, Priscilla, you haven't said anything. 
I need to get your take on this. We Clearly, I'm the only one that sort of feels positive about the 1950s. I don't know if you still feel positive about the black and white stuff. Um, but what what's your take on everything? You've heard everyone else's opinions on everything that happened in black and white. So I want to get your take on the 1950s and the 1960s. So I actually really like the 1950s and the 1960s. I liked the whole Marilyn Monroe thing because I because come on, like it was like a, a loose thread that she that she stayed alive. She had to die at some point, and they had to kill her off somehow some way like if 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 the act if they deemed it wise to have an actress for Brenna Monroe like they were going to have a scene where they kill her off so i was just waiting for that moment throughout the se- the series and they gave it to us and uh i guess like it I was hoping more for like an alien abduction or something for them to use her for the for us to see her like in the present day or for I don't know for for something a little bit more kooky but other than that like if we're just going to get like a a quick death scene where they're just like she's she's there she's dead now because um Nixon thought that she was a loose cannon then great but I feel like it's something that could have been used to a better extent, kind of like Calico, and wasn't used. But um, something that I feel like I don't like is I don't like Mamie. I don't like how they use her. Did you like the, her fudge? No, not at all. Oh. Like I felt like it it just came out of left field that she that that she humped valiant thor like why <laughs> it wasn't a hump it was a hunch she hunched him rodeo but why like was she was she aching for it like apparently her personal massager was not living up to her expectations yeah, she, she wanted an upgrade and that was an upgrade it was it was weird like it doesn't feel like up to her character. Like these these aliens tried to kill you, and you're like, "Oh, good, they didn't kill me, so now I get to screw one of their technology." Like it does it just it doesn't make sense to her character unless she's actually like one of them. If it doesn't come out that she's one of them in the last episode, then that bit makes no fucking sense and it's just like an American horror story whoops gotcha moment and I don't particularly like that but other than that everything else about the 1950s I like I like the Lyndon B. Johnson um, bath um, scene with the babies I was hoping that it would be something different just like um, just like he said but um, if it was the babies again it's still something that's like pretty scary to a new president to see so it's not too bad yeah and i think the point is is that we're supposed to imagine that it's like the entire warehouse filled with babies versus like a room filled with babies Uh, i do agree maybe it was a little disappointing because like maybe it should have been something else maybe if they had shown the fetuses looking uh, a different way and then they look a little bit more advanced or something maybe that would have been better i don't know 
Um, it would have been mm-hmm. cool if, like, instead of Thor being a fucking robot, <laughs> they could have made him just, like, an alien or whatever. And so when she screws Tentacle him, porn. he like, potentially ends up pregnant with, like, the first hybrid baby. That would have been more interesting in a way. Uh, but, that like, would have ruined her fudge. It it definitely would have, but I mean, at this rate, her fucking fudge is vanilla anyway, so we need to <laughs> Either way, like, just do something more with that whole character. Or even Marilyn Monroe. Like, when Priscilla was talking, I was like, it would have been cooler if she, like, she was running her mouth and she was going out there and then, like, the media and everybody was treating her like she was crazy. And then you kind of just see her spiral because no one believes her. And then they, like, either abduct her and take her or they, like, or she kills herself as is real life. She killed herself. She overdosed. Instead of, like, just, like, like having her character there for no reason. You but, know, yeah. I, I would actually have loved it if in some way they managed to make it that Calico was actually Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, like, that would have been interesting, too. Yeah, it, it, it like... You know, if they had somehow done it so you never saw Marilyn's face up until this episode, and then when Calico's like, hey, come on with me, I'm going to tell you all about the moon landing, and then we do see Marilyn's face in the flashback, and she's getting abducted, and maybe they put, like, a replacement body that looks like her, because I'm sure the aliens could do that. That would have actually been interesting, but I kind of agree with Priscilla in that regard. Like, they had Marilyn, so I kind of knew they were probably going to cover that, and just... But we never even actually saw them shove the pills down their throat. It's like they had their hand over their mouth and they put the pills in their hand and then the hand went off screen. And I'm like, where are you putting the pills? In the and fudge. In the fudge. In the fudge. With the starfish. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Jeff, I think we need to start having like one line anecdotes on the pages for our podcast to lure people in. With the fudge and the starfish? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, my peoples, let's get into uh, the present-day storyline, but the thing that I want to talk about first is Calico's story, because she does, as, as we just sort of briefly mentioned, we do get Calico telling the four Gen Zers her story, how she was abducted, how yeah, how she was abducted, and 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 all that kind of stuff. It was in it. She was in the sixties. She met Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. She, they were supposed to be up in space, but um, for whatever reason, with a little bit of liquor and a couple come hither looks from Calico, they spilled all the information about the moon landing being faked. And in the midst of, I don't know, was she getting DP'd or something? (laughs) But, um... Right? The FBI shows up. Or no, it wasn't the FBI, it was just Men in Black show up. And they knock her out. She wakes up pregnant on... It isn't a ship. We all thought they were on a ship. It's actually Area 51. And uh, she runs into the moon landing set, and she gets tranked again, because why not? So we get to see Calico's story. Any thoughts? I don't really have anyone that I want to pick and choose from, so who would like to jump in first to talk about Calico's tale? 
This was the only part of the episode that I actually really liked. I think I liked it, but um, I also I'm I'm still stuck on the fact that you're like, where's she getting DB'd? <laughs> well, I mean, she was with two men. Yeah, it makes Next sense. Up, it makes sense. It and like, my question is too, like, did they take the other two out because they were like giving away fucking government information? Well, no, because they were still on the set. Remember, and Stanley Kubrick was there directing it. But like, still, they're like, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that whole. Like, what what are they doing? <laughs> like, what are they doing? You go anyway. from directing the moon, fake moon, to eyes wide shut. I mean, it all makes sense. But you know, Odina has a really good point with a re- real gaping problem in the present, especially kind like of Calico the- was. Yes. Sorry, <laughs> gaping Calico, <laughs> my new punk band. Um, but no, okay. So in the present day. We have so much technology. They are in a government-classified facility. I won't talk about what happens at the end, but let's talk about the fact that these guys are basically giving carte blanche to walk wherever the hell they want. If this program was as secretive as they're making it seem like it is, I feel like they would have a shit ton more guards. They would be under constant camera, and they would not be allowed to go and congregate somewhere in quiet by themselves because I feel like if these people are trying to make sure that these babies are under their control, they're going to be watching them 24-7. So there's like this massive lapse in security and follow-through. Like the two men, I think that was actually Neil and Buzz, but it's the men in black just kind of bursting in with no, you know, no preface and taking her and... You know, some of the stuff that happens later in the episode, I feel like that should have been impossible because there's under such strict guard. Um, but you know, that's you're a really right. Valid no, that's a good yeah. point, Vinny. You are right. You're nit- you're hitting the nail on the head because yeah. Calico does have a little line where she's like, because like the Gen Zers, uh, and we won't be getting into their story, everybody. So just hold on a second. But just to just a quick little line that she gave them because they were like, oh, we're going to escape and we know how to do it. And she's like, um, this is like a government facility. And like, you know, there are men in black and military and all this stuff. And it was kind of incredibly easy for her just to traipse around. And we're just going to have a little jaunt over to the moon landing and yeah, it was a little too simple. And I know she's a VIP because of her P, but come on. Like, I'm just also confused. So, the moon landing, like, did they know also about the, like, aliens? Or did they just, like, were they just told, okay, you have to film this because we're going up against Russia? Like, mm. I'm just so confused. Well, she does, she does explain that. She says that... They basically decided to fake the moon landing because they needed a way to get people comfortable with the technology that was coming. So they probably weren't really ready to go to the moon, so they decided to fake it. That's what I took away from it, but I still agree. It was it, it was very weird to have that shoved in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they said. And they were also like, you know, why would we go to the moon? Like, there's nothing there anyway, so let's just fake it. You know, we we will show them that that we can make it up there so that when, you know, like microwaves and iPods take over. So, like, the actual actors in this case, like, they did know that, yes, they, were... that they were fake. Well, they knew that they were faking it, yeah. I, 
bruh, this whole... Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> Priscilla, Maddie Fitz, I don't know if either of you have anything to say in regards to Calico and her backstory. It looks like Maddie Fitz is about um, to say something. Yeah, I mean... She's your girl, Leslie Grossman. <laughs> I know, she's doing a great job. Like, I, I do love her. I just... Like I, I said before, I just feel like everything that we've seen is pointless. Like, okay. It just, it it gives nothing to the story. Like, we already knew that she had been, um, you know, been there before. She told us that, you know, she was used before multiple times. She's been there, you know, since whenever, and she hasn't aged and stuff like that. I just... And with this whole moon landing thing, I'm like, okay, so another conspiracy that, like, we're just uncovering. Like, is is Death Valley just, like, all conspiracy theories? Like, I feel like this has nothing to do with aliens anymore. It's just, like, one conspiracy theory after another that we're introducing into the show. I just, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't feel for it. Like, I, I love Leslie Grossman. Like, she's great. I love her character. I just feel like... We didn't need a backstory on her. I don't know. It just felt dumb. Okay. Priscilla, you're the only one that hasn't said anything about the backstory for Calico. Do you have anything to add? I feel like we were going to get her backstory at some point, and I feel like it made sense that like we were going to get something along the lines of... Um, like a mysterious past associated with like something sciencey. So the fact that it had to do with moon landing, like it makes sense to me. But it doesn't make sense to me like why we had to fake it if we had the technology to go to the moon landing. Like now it doesn't make sense. Now that now they're just kinda like, well no, now that we have the technology, we don't wanna get greedy and show that we have the technology. So we need to sh- we need to show that it's a struggle, so we have to fake the moon landing to for reasons. And I was like, "What? Why? That sounds that sounds stupid. All of this sounds stupid." But whatever. I know why we had to see Calico's backstory. It was just so we could see how amazing Leslie Grossman is while trying to balance a nine-month-old pregnancy belly and wearing go-go boots. Well, there was that. All right. So, rewinding to the start of the present day shenanigans, Troy is in labor, and we get to see what a labor with a alien-human hybrid looks like. Theta ends up using telepathy to... uh, um, basically sort of almost as an anesthesiologist and to uh, reassure Troy and calm him down. They slice his belly. There's a whole lot of <laughs> type of noises. <laughs> they pull out the fetus who's sort of encased in a fleshy, liquidy whole bunch of shit um the fetus is not viable so they slice its neck and they toss it into an aquarium <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was 
Um, I will say Troy was incredibly paternal. Like, he had a connection to this child and felt, you know, the death and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to pause for half a second right here. Are we all shocked the fuck that Troy survived? And not only that he survived, but he's a viable candidate. Yes, yes. Yes, I'm shocked that they didn't have an alien scene where he, where the baby just kind of like clawed its way out of the father. That would have been fucking terrifying, but I guess they can't show that on TV. So they literally, K, pro-lifers everywhere are fucking shook. They are mad. Literally, my jaw dropped when they slit that little thing's throat. Like, I was fucking like, what the hell? I was more shocked about that than the actual birth. Like, I don't know how he got so attached all of a sudden when he was screaming that he wanted it out of him the entire time. And may I also say, as a woman, it is painfully annoying that the one male on screen to go into labor gets to have a painless fucking birth session because he's (laughs) telepathy whatever the fuck that whole thing was like i was so annoyed i was like he can't even feel it fuck this guy but um yeah honestly the most shocking part of that whole thing i figured he was gonna stay alive because as they cut him open the lady was like you're gonna stay alive but i was more shook about the fact that they're like oh yeah this one's not perfect let me yeet this thing well, there's that. All right. Okay, so moving on. Troy returns. Um, everyone is still pregnant. All his friends are still pregnant. He kind of fills them in on what happened. He fills them in that he was connected. We also get this whole little subplot that I found ridiculous. Because we have these two dudes who are in their early 20s. And they're already talking about, do you remember how we talked about the time that we're going to have a family together? We're going to have all these babies. And I'm like, what? How long have they been together as a couple? They're already talking about babies. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's like at the beginning, like they were just like sleeping together for like the fun of it. And now they're like, no. We Don't you have- remember when we talked about having kids? These don't seem like the characters that we met in the beginning, and I get that parenthood changes you, but I was like, wait, what? You guys have been together because you were jerking off next to each other in your dorm room like a year ago. Yeah. You know what also? Oh, my God. Priscilla, you're right, because in the beginning, they were like, we just met each other. No, no, no. They were friends. They went to college together. They and just, they had just discovered themselves as far in a sexual way, like a year I ago. Thinks that there's like a telepathic bond between the babies and the mothers or something. Well, I don't know, because Calico was like, I didn't give a shit after the second one. <laughs> yeah, she really did. No, but the boy does say that he felt her in his mind. He actually says, like, I felt yeah. her. I felt she was like ready for the world or whatever. He, yeah, he had a very big uh, paternal moment. <laughs> Sorry to but break. But it's like at the same time, it's like, are we? Are, do do they not like remember that it's an alien and mm. it was put inside of them from a force, like unwillingly? Like this whole thing 
this whole birth thing, this whole, you know, them now all of a sudden being attached to their babies is just ridiculous in my mind. Well, it's I think like, what they're trying to do is they're trying to convey, you know, a normal thing into it's something an that's... Alien. Well, no, it's that's what I'm alien. saying. They're trying to convey a normal thing, which is when a woman gives birth to a child, like, there is the connection, you know, between mother and child. You know, the child developed and grew in her, and so when she gives birth, there is that maternal connection. So what they're trying to convey in an awkward way is that same thing with these people but we have to sort of, I guess, forget, and the characters, for whatever reason, are forgetting that they were abducted, they were impregnated without their consent, they were impregnated in a way that the pregnancy was so advanced that if if they had been in, let's say, okay, let's pretend that they had been abducted, and it took nine nine months or something for this fetus with the um, alien-human hybrid to sort of gestate and mature, and then it's ready to be delivered, I would be able to understand some sort of maternal-slash-paternal caring instincts connection with that. But because we were introduced to these characters, they realize they're pregnant, the next day they wake up and they have ballooned. I just can't really fully understand why he would have a connection with it. Although, I will say this. The actor conveyed it in a very believable way. So, I was believing him, but I just wasn't believing what the writers made him say. Yeah, I agree. I, I have a way that we might be able to kind of see it. The only way that I could justify it is if you view the baby almost like a parasitic entity and in some instances where the parasite is inside the body of something or other, the host, whether it's being controlled by the parasite or whatever, is inclined to protect the parasite. So the only oh, way that I good. could, yeah, that's the only way that I could really walk away from it. Like, okay, maybe that's why. But I would, I would have to have a moment where later he's like, yeah, what the hell was I thinking? That was some crazy tentacle shit, you know. But that's the only thing that I could come up with, and even then, it's kind of far fetched. Well. You know you what? You want some crazy tentacle shit? Adina's going to step on my segue. <laughs> Sorry, but I just want to put it out there that I now am converted. I can believe it because I have gotten unhealthily attached to my 10-piece spicy chicken McNugget meal. So. Oh, that's good. All right. Well, speaking of crazy tentacle shits... Interestingly enough, we did not get a lot of Kendall in this episode. Were we all happy? Kind of. That's why the present yeah, was yeah. so much better. <laughs> Priscilla with the shade. Love Even it. Priscilla's throwing shade this episode. I love it. Yes. Okay. So, after the whole story with uh, Calico, um, Troy is with Cal. And Cal, it feels like Cal. Cal's like, I think it's coming. But I'm not really ready. Because I have this connection. And maybe it's the whole parasite thing that Vinny was talking about. So we're going to go with it. Because it's a good explanation. At least headcanon. But Cal doesn't want to let go of, of his baby. And so... Um, Troy is basically agreeing. You know, because he had his baby ripped out. And they want to start a family. And, you know, 
I guess. So he's like, can you walk? Because I have an idea. And so they walk, and they go to the moon landing set. And um, Troy's got, like, gauze and towels and a scalpel-like contraption. Or, you know, scalpel-like instrument. And Kel is like, what? And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I am going to deliver this baby. Because if, you know, they end up delivering it, they're going to kill the baby. And this is our baby. And, you know, we're going to start a family. And, you know, we, we can't break up the family. And, you know, all of a sudden he was Vin Diesel in talking in Fast and Furious <laughs> movie, talking about the family. So anyway, so we see him. So he puts the towel in the mouth. He uses the scalpel-like instrument to slice. He pulls out the the fetus. He breaks it from you know the 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 vessel that it's in. And there's a lovely moment between fathers and child. It's a precious little baby with two eyes, a nose, a mouth, and then we see tentacles, and it's a face hugger, and it jumps on Cal's face, and Troy freaks out, and clearly they now have an understanding as to why some of the hybrids get sliced and diced and thrown in aquariums, right? Is Cal going to live? That That's boy a, knows. That depends <laughs> on if Ursula wants to let him live. Oh, but a bim 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 Yeah, so like with this part too, remember last episode I was talking about, okay, we see tentacles, but like in the intro and everything like well, that. Well, you got your tentacles, and, lady. But we never see like like an actual you know one of their aliens with tentacles or anything so it was so confusing because we have so many versions of what these you know alien creatures are and it's it's still confusing to me like show me what these actual aliens look like so i get kind of what you're trying to hybrid like what is the alien what do they look like and then a human Right? Oh, you like, want to see the we... OG alien? Yeah, because it's okay. like, what are these tentacles? Like, what? What? It? I don't know. Like, it's just to me. And are they trying to get rid of the tentacles? Like, is that why they keep killing the babies? Right? Like, I just, I don't know. To me, like that part when it happened, I was like, oh shit! Like, he got attacked. Did <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, I don't know. I just, I, I still think like I want to see the OG alien for things to really. Um, makes sense. Like, do they all have mind control? Are they able to take control of somebody else's body? Um, you know, like, I, I don't know. There, I need more information. But this part was kind of interesting. I think the only actually interesting part of in progression of the show, like, it's something new. So... Yeah, this part was okay, but yeah, I'd like to see the OG alien, and I don't know if he's going to survive. We'll see. I agree with Madison. I All of the aliens that we have seen out of their human skin or whatever look like your typical cliche Area 51 aliens with the bug eyes, the bald head, distorted tall bodies. We haven't seen 
other than the abduction scene, we haven't seen any evidence of tentacles. And I might be wrong, but just remembering when we see the baby's bodies in all of the tanks, I don't I don't remember any of them having tentacles. So is it like is there a queen alien and she's the one that has the tentacles and that's who they're trying to reproduce or what it was? It, it's very kind of jarring con- when you compare it to what we've seen so far. I should also make a little note that we have to remember that the typical alien, gray alien with the big eyes and um, the, you know, that, that, that whole thing, it was like a carapace. It was like a, a, a fake thing uh, that a spongy face hugger alien leapt out of and attacked the scientists when um you know right before the maria alien showed up so that confuses me because when we see theta and we clearly see that she's a half human half alien hybrid you know she's got the human side of her face with the normal sized eye and then she has the big alien eye that now confuses me. And I'm also confused because they're looking for a viable hybrid. I think, I think I have a theory for that, though. Isn't she a viable hybrid? Well, I don't think she's a hybrid. I just think that that might be part of what happens to a host when the alien inhabits it for too long. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Speaking yeah, of, like, it could be that, like, it starts to deform, like, the person's body or something. I don't know. That's a good theory. Um, but no, speaking of Theta, so one of my coworkers and I were talking about this show, and he was like, you know, Angelic Haras's character reminds me of Salad Fingers. And I'd forgotten what Salad Fingers is, and I, I sent you guys the picture in Skype. But with her, with her long hands and like her bug eye on the one side and all that, it just kind of made me think. And so, and now every time I see her in this in this show, all I can think of is Salad Fingers. Not Salad Fingers. It's not great. I mean, that's <laughs> wait. What you say, Priscilla? It's true. It's very accurate. <laughs> well, Priscilla, since you're talking. Oh, wait, yeah. were you done, Odina? No, no. Okay, go ahead. Done. Oh, okay. Priscilla. Uh-huh. Yes? What Here. would you like? Um, come on. Cal with a face hugger. Oh, my God. I felt so bad for them because they wanted to be parents so bad. They wanted to be, like, they wanted to be the heroes to this new baby. And, like, but truthfully, like, what were they expecting? Like, even if they had, did have this miracle baby, what, the, the, the father was going to end up flat-stomached and nobody was going to notice that he somehow lost the baby? And Thank you. Where did it go? Where, mm. What happened to it? Well, he like, also forgot a selling kit to sell him back up. Thank you. Exactly. So well, they, they didn't the think this through. They're just going to seal it up with fudge. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, I literally, that was one of the moments where I was like, you guys really did not think this through. You don't have a sewing kit, and there's going to be blood everywhere. You're locked up in a government facility. Uh, Yeah, you're going to have, and when they kept saying, our baby, our baby, we're going to be a family. How the hell are you going to be a family? 
literally how would no one know like how did he even get the knife hiding in the damn uh, ventilation system or something i don't know I don't know. How, yeah, they didn't think that out. And may I say that it was not as bloody as I thought it was going to be. No, it really wasn't. It should have yeah. been a lot bloodier. Wasn't like we, we saw much more blood with the red tide than we saw with the birthing. Especially like I can almost magic away um, Troy's birth because that one really wasn't bloody either. But we weren't really focusing on like his body we kept on like looking at the baby and so we don't know if maybe there was much more blood than it was and i can almost like you know magic it away also because of the mind control and i could be like okay maybe you know the the the, the alien is like you, you know you will not bleed and so body doesn't bleed i don't know but the fact that it's like a macgyver birth th- that had to have been i mean it needed to have been ridiculously bloody oh i would have passed out i still finger sometimes and i pass out oh no see if it had been as bloody as it would have been then it couldn't have been shown on tv so they had to have like we saw all that damn blood with the red tide (laughs) maybe they ran out of the blood budget showed a suicide during red tide so they ran yeah. out of the they had no more blood budget so i feel like they're just going for shock value they're at this point they're just trying to get a rise out of people and do it's like what is the next shocking thing that we can show on screen and they're just going with it and not thinking through the reality of how that would happen like if you actually were trying to do that like i agree he would have passed out if i was having my stomach sliced open from stem to stern whatever like i would not be able to be satisfied just biting into a rag with no anesthetic Literally, like, I remember when I had my nail, like, my pinky nail ripped off. I almost genuinely fell to the floor at work. Like, never mind having your stomach ripped open. And then it's not just that. Like, he had to, like, go in, move around in an open wound, and, like, pull this huge watermelon-sized thing out of there. (laughs) Oh, God. Now I'm looking at my pinky nail. Ouch. (laughs) Cal uh, learned that tolerance in the bro house. Yes. All right. <laughs> Any anything else? Did either of you did I miss anything? Do I either of you have anything to add? I do have a final question, but um, I, I'm just curious to to see if anyone else has anything else to say in regards to anything in the present day. Over under on Cal being alive. Okay, yes, that is one of the questions. Do we uh I think he has to die. I don't think he can survive that. Yeah. I, yeah, I think he's dying. Like and honestly he needs to, so And yeah. either because we have that little scalpel instrument, either um Troy kills the baby and you know, when he kills the baby and he pulls it off he realizes that Cal is dead. Or Cal is going to die because of the baby, and say the baby escapes and goes into the air vents or something. <laughs> and... Please, I, I would love to see the baby just walking on its tentacles. <laughs> That's going to be hilarious if the baby. <laughs> exactly. It's going to make me think of Chucky and Child's Play. 
I mean, it'd be, yeah, because, like, either they both have to die, or I think out of the two of them, the baby will survive, and Cal is dead. Because I feel I, like I, the baby is, has to be, it has to be one of those situations where it's like, you know, kind of like an animal, you know, you eat, you know, the, the mother or something, you know, for the nourishment. I and, don't want to say that I want this to happen, but for character development, I almost would almost imagine it going full circle where Troy has to slit the baby's throat. And he kind of gets a wake-up call of, like, wait, I don't want this baby. It just tried to kill the man that gave birth to it, right? Like, so the brutality that they're talking about with these babies being killed, like, that that I would buy is, like, the character kind of coming out of his funk or fog or whatever from having the baby and realizing, like, we're locked in in a freaking government facility. We were impregnated after being tentacle-raped. And I just gave a back-alley birth cesarean to my partner, and now that baby is on its face. You know, like... I have a feeling the baby is going to have to die. If it doesn't, I think we're going to venture into the humor as Priscilla was just laughing about. Bingo. Predictions for the finale. I don't know if we have predictions or questions, hopes and dreams. Uh, What do we think we're going to see in the next episode? Will there be ramifications for what Troy and Cal did? Not just, you know, life and death, but in regards to those in charge of the facility, do we think the other two survive? Um, is Calico going to survive? Is all of this going to go under? Will we finally get a viable alien-human hybrid? Um, the human vibrator, Valiant Thor, said that in the year 2021, there will be a viable human alien hybrid are we finally going to see that are we going to end on a nefarious note kind of like red tide with um alma sort of like out there in the universe is alma gonna meet this alien human hybrid and maybe get eaten in the final seconds of uh the death valley arc where do we think this goes in the next episode the next one is the last one so any thoughts does anyone have any theories or predictions or anything kendall is gonna have the perfect hybrid i guarantee it like she's gonna give birth to like what they believe is gonna be like the final like baby testing and then that thing is gonna be batshit crazy and it's gonna go wild (laughs) and be anti-technology Yes. All right. Any other hopes, dreams, thoughts, questions that you need answered? So we never got the name of the chemist in Red Tide, and we never got clarification on where she got the mojo for Muse. I highly doubt that this is going to be what happens, but it would almost be interesting, and maybe it would end on a little bit of a better note, if you come to find out that the chemist is actually that alien-human hybrid that somehow find a way to mutate its body to be a full-on-looking human. And that's why we never got the chemist's name. And it's actually making Muse with the blood. Because they have longevity, obviously, like Lifeline and how long they live. They're able to keep Calico alive all that time. I wouldn't be surprised if they did kind of go... It, it would be a little bit cool. It wouldn't be, like, phenomenal. But I was kind of thinking about Angelica Ross's character, and I was trying to think of if they were going to tie this to Red Tide, how might they do that? And maybe what ends up happening is the Theta ends up becoming, you know, a little bit more and more human and ends up getting escaping and getting out or something. 
It's a long shot, Vinny. It is a long shot, but it is interesting. And I I will say it's much more interesting than anything that we've been seeing. So that usually means that it's not going to happen. Sirens. Yes. Any other thoughts? Any predictions on deaths? Will the quartet of uh, Gen Zers die? Um, Will Kendall be the final girl? I know we're all hoping for that. Um, I feel like the girl who's allergic to jizz is going to survive. I can't remember her name. (laughs) Jamie. Thank you. I feel like she's going to survive because she seems to be relatively the most level-headed out of all of them. But I would, I, I honestly will be surprised if any of them survive. Any other thoughts, predictions, hopes, and dreams for the finale? I Questions that need answered. Hope none of them do. Um, Mamie will probably still be giving the world's worst performance in bed. Um, Calico, I hope she survives. She's cool. I dig her. All right. Well, it's time for the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So, choose wisely. Let's start off with Vinny. Awesome. Um, I was honestly tossed up between two, and I'm going to go just because he brings a smile to my face with his stupid name. Valiant Thor. Um, Surely for comic enjoyment. I think out of everyone in this episode, he kind of had like almost like Ursula-level witticisms towards people, but it was much more subtle. Um, I do agree that like the toupee cyborg stuff was stupid, but just the condescending politeness that he had with all of the presidents and all the people, and he was like, oh, you probably don't want to do that. Oh, I bet you do. It, it was really... Cody Fern and Leslie Grossman were really the only... I mean, I did like Neil McDonough, but out of like enjoyment, those are the two characters that Calico and Valiant Thor. Every time they said his name, I kept thinking, I'm like, is he playing like a hidden gay wrestler or something? Like, it's just with the name like Valiant Thor. I was like, where did you come up with this? Like, I expected him to take off his clothes and be in like a spangled speedo or something. Um, but no, he he. I enjoyed when he was on screen. I enjoyed his interactions with the characters. Um, I do think that he was a little bit unnecessary, kind of coming in late in the game. But for what it was, I did enjoy Cody Fern's performance, and he was one of the standouts. So my MVP. We'll have to ask Mamie if she if he had the spangled um, speedo. Right. Yeah, Priscilla, your MVP and why? My MVP goes to Neil McDonough's character Dwight Eisenhower. I thought that he played it super well. I thought that he played somebody who was horrified at what he was doing, but just kind of like resigned to his fate really well. I felt that it was like the pathos behind it was really like awe-inspiring. I loved it. So yeah, Dwight Eisenhower for sure. Odina, what about you? Oh god, um... Calico for being able to take on two dicks at once. Oh my god. (laughs) Well, that is true talent. It really is. And her backstory, I think, was entertaining, so I'll give it to her. You're funny. Maddie Fitz, 
your MVP was taken. He's been your MVP for the past two podcasts. So I'm literally all my MVPs were taken. Oh shit! Like, well, try to find someone. The tentacle like, baby. I yeah. literally, literally, because like, who the fuck else am I supposed to pick? Like, nobody was good. <laughs> Maybe Troy, the basketball boy, just because he, I guess, you know really acted well and um he kind of brought that maternal instinct to us that you know we none of us expected from any of them um still didn't like the storyline part of it but his acting was really good so troy all right and y'all hated her and her fudge but She's the only one left that I could give the MVP to, so I'm giving it to Mamie. I'm giving it to Sarah Paulson. She's playing the character in an interesting way. I don't know if we're going to get any payoff for it, and Vinny will be screaming in that little room that Odina put Ryan Murphy in (laughs) if Mamie does not have payoff in the next episode. So I hope, even though I didn't mention this when we were talking about the next episode, but I hope we get payoff with Mamie. So uh, I did enjoy her in this episode. She got the chance to ride on a toaster. So, you know, props to her. And her fudge. Hello. So now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 UFOs? The point system is loud. And if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted golden UFO. I don't feel like we're going to get a golden UFO. But the option is there. Let's start off with Maddie Fitz. All right, four out of ten, and I'm going pretty low because there I felt like there's no progress in any of the stories. Um, we're just seeing the same stuff over and over again, getting answers to questions that we kind of already knew or could have guessed. There's nothing new except for Cody Fern. So yeah, four out of ten. And those four were for Cody, right? Because I know you're a Cody stan. Oh, for sure. Okay. All right. Odina, what about you? I will be slightly nicer than Maddie, and I'll give it a 5.5. Just because, again, nothing really happened, and I honestly could not give a shit about any of these characters or what happens or in my mind, honestly, this ne- like the finale, there's nothing that's going to happen. That Unless it's like three hours long, there's nothing that's going to happen that's really going to be able to fix any of this. Um, but it was entertaining. Um, it was weird in a lot of spaces, but it drew my attention for its comedic value, which was not the intention of the episode. All right, for the comedic value. So what's that? We have a four. We've got a five and a half. I'm actually shocked Odina went as high as she went. But it's interesting. Priscilla, what about you? Um, I didn't like the moon landing bit of it, and I didn't like the um, Mamie scenes. But I did like everything else of the episode, so I'm going to give it a 7.5. Okay. We've got four, five and a half, seven and a half. Oh god, this is gonna be fascinating. Vinny, how would you rate... Oh wait, what? I I didn't even get the question out. 
but go ahead. <laughs> you cut out for a second. I thought you were done talking. Sorry. Two and a half. I I just can't bring myself to give it much higher. I you know I I didn't like the first episode. Didn't care for the second episode. This third one is not really doing it for me either. I mean, while there are some some portrayals that like I did enjoy, I I'm kind of on the train of like I'm not invested in these characters. I really honestly. I it's very I feel like it's very predictable what's going to happen for the most part. There's a lot of obvious things happening. The, these this four episode contained arc has been it, it bounces back from being mystery science here three count thousand to the Handmaid's Tale in a way with the way that they're all like being impregnated and used and there's weird suppression going on and then all of just I I could list off so many other things that it's referencing. I just feel like it's a hot mess. Um, the hokiness really is beginning to get very overplayed. Um, you know, while there are some few parts of the past that I've enjoyed, I also agree that we're not getting as much as we should be getting to advance the story. We were for every one little bit that we might get, we're getting a ton of other things that we don't need. And we're treading water in a lot of places. Uh, the present cast is almost throwaway. Um, Troy took prominence in this episode. Cal kind of sort of the girls were really pushed to the back burner. Uh, I feel like they're dealing with too large of a cast and too constrained of a time frame. I really find this to be it's getting up there with even though this is only four episodes in one season, this is getting up there almost running cult out of my number one least favorite story from American Horror Story. So uh, other than a couple of the, I mean, the fudge, the Cody Fern of it all, like there were a couple of things that I did enjoy, but overall I really had a hard time paying attention to this episode. I have a hard time staying focused with them and I'm kind of both dreading the finale and looking forward to finding out where the hell they're going to take us next with what crazy whack ass things are going to be thrown out and if we're going to get a connection to Red Tide or not. So we've gone as low as two and a half, as high as seven and a half. I'm going to give it a 7.25. I'm not that comfortable to give it a 7.5. I will say this. I I was entertained. I I didn't dislike the episode. But compared to, in my mind, what we could have gotten, it is a bit disappointing. Um, I did like the black and white side of the episode, and I thought the present-day stuff was actually really interesting this week. But because we only have one episode left, I feel like I'm setting myself up to be disappointed with the finale. I don't know if I'm going to get any answers. I don't know how they're going to wrap this around outside of the fact that we will be getting a viable alien-human hybrid. Um, I also don't really know where we're going to go with the flashbacks outside of some sort of Mamie payoff. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's 7.25. And on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid? Double Feature Part 2, Death Valley. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives.
You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Are You Afraid? Double feature. And subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with Odina. Good night, everybody. And if you starfish during sex, you are the worst type of person. (laughs) Vinny? Hmm, Must be the fudge. See you next time. (laughs) Maddie Fitz? I have no cool outro for this one, so see you guys next time. Hopefully the next one's better. And Priscilla? It's nice to run this with people other than Steve Jobs. Goodbye, everybody. That is very true. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Are You Afraid? Double Feature Part 2 Death Valley every Friday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio archives. Good night.